BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. Episode number 45 of the announcement. Schedules podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMont Mollen is back as we take a look at the announcer's schedules for this week. We have a ton to get into the NBA playoffs, baseball, the NHL playoffs, and more. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, like, share, get it out there. Let us know, leave a comment, and you can find us on Last Word on Sports. This is the announcer schedules podcast, episode 45. Phil, how are you, pal? I'm doing well. Yeah, the beat goes on. NBA and NHL playoffs now underway. Major League Baseball, as you mentioned, also, and a lot to get into on today's show. Yeah, and uh, let's start it off with those NBA playoffs, which uh, record ratings. I mean, the ratings have been great for both the NBA and the NHL. We got games on all over the place. Uh, I've been highly invested into these uh, playoffs. But, hey, last night you had a game on NBA TV. They didn't get the uh, big boy status, but – They got Gus Johnson back on the NBA. That was a treat. Yeah, it's been cool to see Gus Johnson. You know, he did this last year as well as far as coming in for some of these NBA playoff games and the the early rounds, NBA TV. Also, I I believe he was on TBS maybe earlier this week as well. And, you know, it's cool to hear Gus's voice. I mean, he just has such a great style and cadence and so forth. A lot of people, you know, kind of – think he's all about this rah-rah stuff and getting super excited, but just his play-by-play sort of rhythm is so smooth to me. And I, I really, really enjoy hearing Gus Johnson. He's been paired with Greg Anthony. He was on that Bucks heat game last night. Let's take a listen to uh, the return of Gus Johnson back for the NBA playoffs. Middleton, the other way. Connaughton, rise and fire. And it's time out Miami. And they're on their feet in the Cream City. All right, there's Gus Johnson. Uh, the Heat and the Bucks a blowout last night uh, early. That's a 30-point game, and Gus Johnson calling it like it's game seven of the NBA Finals. And, you know, Gus is one of those guys that when you hear him, he just kind of are, are drawn to the broadcast. He brings energy regardless of time and score, uh, and it's good to have him back for these NBA playoffs. Yeah, and do want to encourage folks, if you haven't seen it, uh, try to find that documentary that Fox had produced on on Gus Johnson and his whole journey going back to Harvard to gain a a degree postgraduate. And really impressive to kind of see what makes Gus Johnson tick and his background and so forth. And 
you know, just how he continues to deliver as one of the premier announcers. He's as popular as any announcer yeah. that gets tweeted about on announcer skeds, no doubt. Do you have a preference of what you like him best on? Yeah, I would say college basketball, I, I guess, maybe. I mean, college football, you know, I, I think I, I'll, I'll put hoops ahead of football. You know, let, let's go. Let's just go there in, in general. You know, I, I think, you know, I like the rhythm uh, in the fast pace of the, the basketball game and, and how he delivers on the basketball broadcast. But obviously he's the number one announcer also on Fox's college football yeah. package with Joel Klatt and does a marvelous job there as well. But that's an awfully good question. You know, you know, he has done a lot of NFL work over the years as well, even though he didn't do it this year because of that Harvard commitment so it's a really good question and, and it's kind of tough to um you know slice that exactly well the way it's a I would good like it's an interesting conversation phil and the people listening you can let us know what is your favorite uh gus johnson role uh we had sean mcdonough on the podcast uh, two weeks ago if you want to go back to the archives and listen you know sean said he loves college uh football but remember he had that run as monday night football and some people you know prefer a announcer at the college game more than the professional game. Why is that? Why do some people feel, hey, this guy has a college feel and this guy has a pro feel? Um, I think that always is an interesting conversation. Yeah, and, and Sean's answer was the storytelling in college football versus the the NFL where, you know, a lot of it is a little more mechanical, I think, you know, as far as, you know, what's happening on any given day. And, you know, people don't know who the players are in a, in a college football game amongst two teams that you might not be a big fan of necessarily. And so the announcer has the chance to tell more stories in college sports. At least that was what Sean had, had given us there. All right. Uh, let us know, Gus Johnson, what is your favorite role for Gus? Remember he did soccer too, right? He had the uh, soccer for Fox. Was that in the world cup a couple of years ago? He's done the NFL, college football, college basketball. I like him on co- like I loved Gus Johnson doing the NCAA tournament. Uh, to me, that is the epic uh, for him. If I can get him on the NCAA tournament uh, and say, "Hey, you get Gus Johnson on one sport," what would it be? I'd say college basketball, but give me him on the NCAA tournament. That would be yeah. My- I mean, the more I think about it, I think I'm with you. And there's one pairing in particular who I would rank as you know my favorite Gus Johnson booth which is Gus Johnson and an announcer we're going to be talking about later in the program because he's celebrating a birthday this week, Bill Raftery, where the two of them, I mean, I think that's just gold, you know, when you get Gus Johnson and and Raftery together and playing off of each other and so forth. But that's a really good question you you pose, Mike, you know, because certainly he gets it done uh, on the football side of things as well. One last mention, you mentioned NBA TV before we move on to some other games and other announcers, other networks. I'll tell you what, you know, I have a, I pay a lot of money for a, a cable subscription, you know, for my, my house. <laughs> and I thought I had, you know, sort of like the premier sports package. Obviously there's one even more expensive, but the package I have, which gives you the majority of the sports stations does not include NBA TV. Hmm. That's you know, funny because here, here in my area. Well, I have YouTube Again. TV and uh, I do have NBA TV. I don't have MLB Network. Interesting. So I guess it depends on on the the on the cable system and so forth. But I guess the bottom line is there's a portion of the country, myself included, who when these games are on NBA TV, there's no way to even see it 
over the air necessarily. Now we're going to get into it because the, you know, the regional networks of the different local markets are covering these first round games as well. So at least the fans in those markets have an opportunity to see them on over the air cable or, or whatnot, but NBA TV, for whatever reason, you know, it's not on my dial. And so it's a little tougher for me to wrap my hands around, you know, an NBA TV game when it is nationally listed and so forth, mm. because it's just not front of mind for me. On the other hand, I do get MLB network and I get NFL network. Uh, but the NBA TV, you know, that, you know, I, I'd be curious exactly what their distribution is. And it just seems like a lot of folks are, are missing out on these opportunities to see guys like Gus Johnson call a game. Well, I guess that has to do with the cable company. You know, I know YouTube TV, uh, they try to get a deal with MLB Network. They couldn't come to an agreement, so they dropped that off of their package. I know one of the things here, for instance, in the Philly market, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia, which is owned by Comcast, uh, basically has a stranglehold to make you get Comcast. Xfinity is the name of their provider to watch Phillies, Flyers, and Sixers. Somehow YouTube TV got a deal with NBC Sports Philadelphia, and that's why I have YouTube TV. If not, I would not have YouTube TV. I would have to get Comcast to watch the Philadelphia teams play. I know that there's been a lot of regional battles with some of the, you know, Yes Network in New York. I think Altitude Sports out in Denver. You're having big problems right now with all of the Sinclair, uh, now Diamond Sports with the uh, regional sports networks for baseball. They're not paying. Some of these might be uh, off the, the, you know, for baseball. They got a big problem happening there. But that all has to do with the cable provider for where you live, I guess, on what's your cable provider? Uh, Spectrum. So Spectrum must not have a deal with NBA TV. Yeah, must be the case. Although there there is a higher package I, I could get. I'll have to look into it that gets you some of these other networks, you know, such as like BTN. And, uh, so YouTube TV offers you all that. I mean, you get just a crazy amount of sports channels with uh, – with uh, YouTube TV, and luckily here in the Philly market, we do get NBC Sports Philadelphia and NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. So we get both of those regional networks here in the Philly market, which is huge. Um, but we YouTube TV does offer Big Ten. Uh, I think it has like uh, ESPNU. It might have like the ACC network, uh, FS1. I mean, it's got a ton of sports channels. So if you're a now, sports so, fan, that's so a my good question option. for you. Yeah. So you've cut the cord, and you now use U- YouTube TV. You know, hooked into a a big screen or or what have you. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. My question is this, and this is why I haven't, and I'm sticking with cable at least for the the time being. The, the ability to use the remote and move quickly from game to game, mm-hmm. especially during a time like the NCAA tournament where there's four games happening at once or during, you know, a college football Saturday where you want to fly around from game to game. Isn't it a little burdensome, you know, when you're when you're going off a streaming service to click back and forth and pause in between these games or is is the system better these days nope uh you use the same remote that you would use for your television and uh you basically you don't even need to go through the guide you you can set your guide up any way you want in the order uh of preference sometimes it prioritizes your stations based on how often you go to them 
but you can go to the home screen and go to the sports area, and it'll put all the sports, whatever's live, it'll put it right on your screen, and you can just go CBS, True TV, TN. So you can essentially go back and forth very easily. Okay. Well, Spectrum might getting a phone call from me soon. Then. Hey, listen. I didn't want to do it, and we had cable when I initially moved in. We kept both, and I said, I'll give it a trial, and I got to the point where I said, the guide is great. I can set it up in any uh, situation that I want. I can put ESPN, ESPN2, NBC Sports Philadelphia, NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus, FS1. I can put them in any order configuration that I want. So during the NCAA tournament, they actually offered – when you went to the screen, it offered each individual channel, CBS, True, uh, TNT, TBS. It also offered to put all four games at one time that you could elect to put on the screen. So you could have done that as well. So, And I know like Hulu and some of these other things have similar things, but I say, uh, YouTube TV is great for sports fan. I think that is one that offers a lot of live sports. Now, I don't know where people live. Philadelphia, NBC Sports Philadelphia is a must if you're a Philadelphia sports fan. It has the Flyers contract, the Sixers contract, and the Phillies contract. So you And it does the Eagles post game. So you need to have that channel if you're a Philadelphia sports fan. But YouTube TV offers that channel. Dish does not. Um, any of those other networks, like any of the other things, do not offer that channel. So you'd have to look if you are a – I don't know, you're in Carolina, do the Hurricanes play, uh, do the uh, Hornets play on a certain channel that you would have to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it that would be the case, you know, the, on some of these Bally Sports Networks and that kind of thing. Also worth mentioning YouTube TV, the new home for the NFL Sunday ticket. Yes. So that's, that's a factor as well as sports fans trying to decide which direction. Yes, go. and if you are a YouTube TV subscriber, it is, like, significantly cheaper. So something else to think about. Uh, all right, let's look at uh, some of the NBA here. Let's start with Mike Breen, the voice of the NBA. This guy all over the place. Give us a little rundown. We love talking to the announcers. You can go back and listen to our past conversations about their travel. Well, Mike Breen putting on the miles. Well, you had mentioned on the last show, Mike, that it was interesting that the A crew was on some of these play-in games and, and so forth. Well, back on Friday, April the 14th, OKC at Minnesota, and uh, Mike Breen was on that one on ESPN that evening. And then the very next day on Saturday the 15th, he was in Cleveland for his MSG duties, you know, so he get, he gets in an MSG game working alongside Walt Clyde Frazier. And then Sunday, he's off to Memphis for an ABC game, Lakers at the Grizzlies. He gets a day off on Monday the 17th and then back to Cleveland for more MSG action with uh, Clyde Frazier, Knicks at Cleveland. And so net result is four games, five days, three different networks and three different cities. So um, quite a bit of bouncing around there. Now things settle down a little bit for him as he's got a couple days off, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday as we're taping now. And then he'll do the Cleveland at uh, New York um, games three and four, both on ABC on Friday night and then also on Sunday. 
which is kind of interesting because he'll be in his home arena where he he does those Knicks games, but this time he'll be calling the games for for ABC. So interesting to see Mike Breen putting on this kind of mileage, getting all this done, obviously, working for these different networks, juggling being the voice of the Knicks, along with being the voice of the, you know, number one crew for the NBA coverage on ESPN and ABC all the way through the NBA finals. Yeah. And speaking of some travel, I did hear a travel story from Jim Nance. He was on the uh, sports illustrated with Jimmy Traina podcast. And he talked about this year was the first time that he didn't go from the NCAA tournament right to the masters. He said he actually, because he now lives in Nashville, that allowed him to take a couple days off and go home to spend some time with his family before he went to Augusta. So Jim Nance uh, talking about not doing the tournament anymore. This year he decided, he said, this is the first time he ever didn't go right from the tournament right to Augusta. So these travel stories are always so interesting. Uh, You know, you always think about, you know, the guys there doing the game. Well, he was in Minnesota, he was in Cleveland, he was in Memphis, he was back in Cleveland, he was in New York. Uh, So the travel is very rigorous. Go back and listen to some of our podcast conversations with a lot of these play-by-players and listen to their travel stories. It definitely is something. Some other guys are juggling national and regional duties here in the first round. You have a lot of dual threat uh, play-by-players, if you will. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, uh, both in the NHL and the NBA, where the regional networks are able to cover the first rounds of the of these playoffs. And just like Mike Breen with the, the Knicks, there's other announcers who – have duties in in both spots. You know, Ian Eagle, of course, does games for 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 TNT, and he's also the voice of the Nets. The other voice of the Nets, Ryan Rucco, does games for ESPN, and so they're juggling those two different assignments, whether it's national or you know local. Mark Jones, who of course is on ESPN or, or ABC, he's the primary TV voice of the Sacramento Kings, who are in the playoffs this year. And then Jim Jackson's worth mentioning. Um, this is one that I didn't even realize until I kind of um, dove into this subject a little bit, but he's the analyst for the Los Angeles Clippers, so he does a ton, uh, not just. Uh, the the NBA coverage on uh, TNT, but also he does a lot of college hoops, Jim Jackson, and he's also that analyst for the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's kind of interesting, you know, not just Mike Green, but some of these other guys are juggling duties both nationally and locally during the first round of these NBA playoffs. Yeah, and you got, to, as you mentioned, all of these teams get the chance to broadcast these playoffs in the first round. So you do get your local crews you can choose from. Now, one thing on YouTube TV – Uh, Phil, it will ask when you click on the game for me, Sixers, Brooklyn, it'll ask, do you want to watch the game on ESPN or do you want to watch the game on NBC Sports Philadelphia? And you can scroll to one or the other and pick which one you want to go to. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's a great feature, especially if you're a fan of these different TV productions and announcing crews. Yeah. uh, And and why don't you uh, run down a couple of the local or, you know, take a look at some of these local lineups here, because, uh, you know, you mentioned some of them are dual uh, double duty. But uh, we got some pretty, uh, you know, uh, Lisa Binington doing the Milwaukee stuff with uh, Marquise Johnson and Zora Stevenson. We know here in Philly, Kate Scott, Allah Abdul Nabi and Taryn Hatcher. She's the new uh, sideliner. We got Eric Reed, John Crotty, and Christian Hewitt doing the uh, Miami games. Uh, so you got a lot of you know local broadcasts who do a really good job. Yeah, and there's some some names here again that like you know folks who follow the Twitter feed might know them from a national standpoint, but again, might not realize that they 
you know, do have roles locally. Uh, you mentioned Eric Reed and John Crotty. Those are, those are a couple guys I know real well from, from my Miami days. Great to see them having this opportunity. Bob Rathbun and Dominique Wilkins on the Atlanta call. Uh, you mentioned Philly, Brooklyn, as we talked about, Ian Eagle and Ryan Rucco. Sarah Kustoke is the analyst for the Nets. And, you know, you see her uh, during the college basketball season, sometimes get some assignments nationally. When Mike Breen isn't doing Knicks games with Walt Clyde Frazier, Ed Cohen steps into that role um, in, during these uh, first round of the playoffs. And uh, Wally Zerbiak is an occasional analyst there as well. Rebecca Harlow, the sideline reporter for the Knicks coverage. Minnesota, if you remember way back last offseason, Michael Grady was named the new play-by-play announcer for the Timberwolves. Well, the Timberwolves in the playoffs, and so he gets some opportunities here as well. Uh, Phoenix, Kevin Ray, and Eddie Johnson. And then we mentioned Jim Jackson, the analyst for the Clippers, Brian Simon, the play-by-player, and then Christina Pink, who's done a lot of national work over the years as well across a a bunch of different sports and different networks. She is the sideline reporter for the Clippers. So a lot of recognizable names and more opportunities, you know, for these crews, not just the announcers, but also the production crews to get some, you know, playoff uh, exposure here and uh, able to, you know, probably get a few more paychecks as well. Real quick on that Minnesota, Katie uh, Storm is the sideliner. She used to be the Flyers pre- and post-game hosts uh, under her previous uh, maiden name, Katie Emmers. She did it for one season. She did the Flyers pre- uh, intermission and post game, and then the Flyers NBC Philadelphia had some reshuffling. They got rid of that position really, and then she ended up getting picked up by Minnesota. So it's good to see uh, her land on her feet. I thought she did a really good job with the Flyers broadcast here uh, locally for NBC Sports Philadelphia. She's now a part of the Minnesota Timberwolves broadcast, and uh, of course, don't forget our radio friends. Uh, I actually we're taping on Thursday. Former guest of the podcast, Mark Kestrister, he is calling the Sixers-Nets game tonight on ESPN Radio National. He's actually going to be a guest of my local radio show in the Atlantic City market on Thursday uh, afternoon. But uh, there's some some radio games going. And, of course, we've got the uh, national TV games going Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, all the way through the weekend. Yeah, and it is worth mentioning as we talked about those, you know, regional TV crews, the radio crews, you know, are able to obviously go all the way through, you know, as far as their team advances. So congrats to all those local radio crews who are on board for these playoff runs. But yeah, beginning tonight, if you're listening to the podcast on Thursday while we're taping, you mentioned Sixers Nets, uh, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, Ali LaForce on the TNT call. Kings Warriors is the late TNT call with Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy, and Chris Haynes. And then NBA TV, once again, for Suns Clippers, if you get that channel. Uh, Matt Weiner, Brendan Haywood on the call there. And then action continues Friday. Uh, we got another Hubie Brown game on Friday night with Dave Pash and Cassidy Hubbard. That's Celtics-Hawks game three on ESPN. Breen in action, as we mentioned, um, at MSG with uh, Kessischer and Carlissimo on the call. Um, worth mentioning, you know, uh, Mark Kessischer, who you're going to have on the show. This is a nice little uh, setup for him. He's able to to spend a couple nights straight back-to-back games in the New York City uh, area, so he doesn't have to, you know, travel too far there. But um, they are heading to 
uh, San Francisco for a Sunday game, Mark and PJ. So, you know, the travel will kick into gear there. But, you know, there's action throughout the weekend. You know, we'll see uh, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller again on the on the 76ers and Nets game four on Saturday. We'll see the Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy crew on Suns Clippers Saturday as well. Another radio game, Bucks Heats with Kelly, uh, Sean Kelly and Corey Alexander. And, um, you know, the beat goes on with the NBA playoffs. Also, Spiro Ditas getting another assignment also. That'll be Sunday night, 9.30 p.m. Um, so one more to look forward to there. So all sorts of pairings, um, you know, kind of going um, across, whether it's the Warner Brothers Discovery, TNT, NBA TV uh, crews or ESPN and ABC. And as you mentioned, ESPN radio uh, getting games in as well. One complaint I've been hearing, not about the announcer so much, but the late start times for some of these playoff games. Charles Barkley brought it up, but I have been seeing people on Twitter. Hey, we're getting these West Coast games. Uh, the game in Denver the other night started at like nine o'clock out there. Uh, so you've got some, uh, you know, eight thirty something like that. You've got some late games going on. I see here Sunday night at nine thirty. You're getting that. Um, uh, you're getting a game four out there, possibly. Uh, who's playing in that game? You don't have that listed, uh, but there is a game four listed at nine thirty uh, Eastern time, eight thirty Central time uh, for a game on Sunday night. That's a late time. That was the complaint. It was a Sunday night game that started at ten o'clock last week um, for one of these playoff games. You got a one three thirty seven and nine thirty listed. Uh, on Sunday, you got Saturday night, 10 o'clock, Grizzlies-Lakers. That's a tough series because Memphis is in the eastern time zone. So those two teams are traveling between time zones to play that uh, series between the Lakers uh, and the Grizzlies. I was thinking about that last night. You know, they're playing the game at 7 o'clock. It's nice to see LeBron and the Lakers on early in the east, but then they got to go out west and play, and then at the end of this if it gets to it, it's one one one. So you're switching time zones for the Memphis LA series. You don't see that a whole lot uh, with the Western Conference playoff, but because of Memphis being in the East, uh, that is, is a unique situation for those broadcasters. Thinking about all the travel those guys have, they also got to travel time zones. Yeah, you you mentioned those late games. Um, that Sunday game you were referring to, Denver and Minnesota at 9.30 p.m. on Sunday night on yeah. TNT. That's the Spiro Ditas game. And then there's a 10 o'clock Eastern game on Saturday night, uh, Memphis and the Lakers. So, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. Thursday night, you know, 10.30 is the, the start time for that NBA TV game. So it is a, um interesting issue and, and something that's being discussed also as far as these start time goes. I mean, it, you know, you hear about it every year when we get around to, you know, um, baseball playoffs and World Series also, you know, are the kids able to stay up this late to to watch the game and to continue to grow the sport to the younger demographics is, you know, always part of the discussion. Uh, all right, let's get to the NHL and uh, our buddy Mike Monaco, who was a guest a couple of weeks ago. Check out the archives for that. Uh, he had an overtime thriller last night. Canes were up two. Islanders came back, back and forth they went. What an ending to that one uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, some good stuff there. Mike Monaco had the uh, ESPN call also with uh, A.J. Malesko up in the booth with him. Dom Moore was ice level 
And uh, yeah, they had a heck of a ball game there as far as the Hurricanes and Islanders going into overtime. Yeah, that one, uh, Mike Monaco was a guest uh, two weeks ago. You can check out the archive for the podcast there. Uh, and uh, obviously, the NHL playoffs hitting kind of full swing right now. And you've got, uh, you know, um, TNT. Uh, this is um, their foray with ESPN sharing the duties on these NHL playoffs. Yeah, in. TNT will have the Stanley Cup finals this year. So um, worth mentioning that. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun as we, we continue down the stretch here. Um, you know, it's what do you consider the best postseason in sports, Mike? The most exciting one. Well, I a love lot the of people N- love I, the NHL. I like the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that counts, but uh, I just feel like the one game elimination uh, every single day, that nature. But in the professional sports ranks, yeah, the NHL is a grind, man. Uh, that that whole the pageantry still is there for that sport. Um, I mean, I think when you're watching them in the moment, you're always like, this is the best. You know, the baseball playoffs, you know, they're fantastic when you have the drama. Uh, but I think the consistency aspect, hockey seems to just provide overtime and overtime and, and just great series all the time. Um, and by the way, TNT, Jim Jackson, the Flyers uh, play-by-player, he's on the call there with Jody Shelley uh, for those games uh, with Florida. And uh, who are they playing? Boston, right? That's Jack Edwards, yep. uh, Boston, the former uh, sport. Man, Jack Edwards at Center. what was that, like the 80s? Yeah, pretty much, right? And he's still going strong as the play-by-play announcer of the, the yeah. Boston Bruins on Nesson. So outstanding stuff there, and uh, great to see a name like that who, again, you know, gets one of these playoff opportunities here in the first round. Yeah, Tampa, Toronto, ESPN's got John Butchergrass and Kevin Weeks uh, on the call. TBS, Brandon Burke and uh, Butch Goring, Darren Pang uh, in that one. You've got the uh, Carolina Islanders series, as we mentioned uh TBS has that one uh, and that one. Kenny Albert on the call there. Now, Kenny does the Ranger games during the year. He's paired up with Keith Jones, who does Flyers games during the year. So you got the Ranger play-by-player and the Flyer analyst calling that game for TNT. Uh, that is the Rangers and uh, – or excuse me, the Islanders and the Hurricanes. Yeah, and you mentioned Keith Jones. He's been staying busy. I saw him do a radio game also for for Sports USA, who's starting to do some some NHL uh, games also. And you know, it appears to me, at least, unless I'm missing something, Kenny is exclusively doing national games during this first round, while Sam Rosen is covering. Um, things on the Rangers front as the play-by-play announcer there. But, you know, uh, we talked about Kenny before, you know, during the, you know, throughout the course of the year, boy, does he stay busy between uh, New York Rangers, uh, Major League Baseball duties for for Fox, uh, NFL, and then, you know, the the national hockey packages as well for for TNT. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how this all kind of shakes out, especially when you throw in this, this wrinkle of the local announcers as part of the equation as well. Yeah, and that Devils Rangers series, you know, that's uh, you know right up there in New York. There uh, a lot of buzz up North Jersey about that. Kenny Albert getting that game with Keith Jones, so they're doing game two there, game four for the Islanders series, and then Sean McDonough, who if you missed him on the podcast, he was our guest last week. Go back and check that out right here on the Last Word on Sports feed. Ray Ferraro, Emily Kaplan, that's on ABC. So. Uh, and the hockey ratings have been outstanding. 
Yeah, and that's interesting with Devils, Rangers, and Islanders all in, in the playoffs. You know, a guy like Kenny Albert can get a, a lot of work in and hopefully, you know, get the chance to to sleep in his own bed. Uh, and then out west, we got Bob Wischusen, former guest of the podcast, Brian Boucher, uh, former Flyer goaltender. A lot of Flyers uh, getting uh, into these uh, broadcasting. Uh, Alex Falls, Patrick Sharp, uh, and Catherine Tappen is on that uh, Kraken series out there. That is the Kraken and the Avalanche. And John Forslund, former guest of the podcast, he is doing uh, the local broadcast for the Kraken, who make the playoffs in their second year. Uh, and then you go to Dallas, Minnesota. You've got uh, – that's a TBS one, uh, Randy Hahn – um, uh, on the play-by-play, and that one is on TBS, and then, of course, the local broadcast as well. So uh, Winnipeg and the Golden Knights, Alex Faust, uh, Rick Ball are the play-by-players. That is also a TBS series. So, man, uh, Edmonton, the Kings, John Forslund getting the TNT call. He's also doing Game 4 on TBS with Eddie Olchek, and uh, the NHL keeping everybody busy. Yeah, and I, I do want to mention Alex Faust. You know, he is also the voice of the Los Angeles Kings. So just like a, a bunch of those announcers uh, we talked about on the NBA side, he's squeezing in some Kings broadcasts <laughs> along with this national work. And on top of that, he's one of the new voices for Apple TV Plus Friday Night Baseball. Uh, he won't be doing a game this week. Uh, because of this hockey duty, kind of like Brendan Burke, who's still busy with hockey, isn't going to be doing his Peacock assignments for Major League Baseball uh, until the hockey is done. But uh, yeah, once again, Alex Faust, Brendan Burke, more and more examples of these guys juggling multiple assignments, different networks, and obviously a bunch of travel through it all. Yeah, that's uh, the hockey is uh, in full force now. Major League Baseball, uh, all right, their season is now kind of in full swing a couple weeks in, and that means Apple TV Plus is back for their weekly uh, stuff. They've been, you know, they missed that first week, but now they're off the ground. So remember, Friday nights, if you want to check out the Apple TV Plus production and, uh, you know, play-by-player Wayne Rendazzo, Dontrell Willis on the call, Friday night, Blue Jays, Yankees, and at the same time, Astros Braves with Rich Waltz and Ryan Spielborgs. Uh, so Apple TV Plus, two games both at the same time. A little different from what they did last year where it was generally a 7 o'clock and then a 10 o'clock. Yeah, and it does require a subscription now. So we'll see, especially now that the Yankees are part of the equation, how um, you know loud their fan base gets about that. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and real quick on that. The Yankees are also tied into a Amazon package where they have like 20 games on Amazon exclusively as well. That is a completely separate package just for the Yankees where there's like 20 nights where they're on Amazon. So Yankees fans really get the short end of the stick. And those Amazon games, um, if I'm correct, Mike, that that's the the yes crew, but it's just it's aired on Amazon exclusively. Is that right? With yes. with Michael K and so forth? Pretty sure, yes. But yeah, you I think have that's to have case. Amazon for that um for that package for the Yankees. And obviously, uh you mentioned the Apple TV Plus. You this year have to have Apple TV Plus. Last year they didn't make you get it. And we haven't seen any viewership numbers on any of this stuff. So I'd be very interested to see. How many people Apple got on board? I did hear, I don't know if you heard this, 
over the weekend, the MLS on Apple TV had some major problems. Uh, they could not get the games on Apple TV. We know they signed that MLS deal for over an hour. They could not get the games streaming on Apple TV. Wow. So it's some major transmission issues there. You know, yes. one of the things, you know, I, I don't really watch the, the MLS. I, I am a fan of soccer, but you know, at the, on the highest of levels, you know, when we see the world cup and things like that come around, but what I, one thing I've noticed with these MLS uh, games on Apple TV plus is it seems like there's almost all of them, right? Like it's, so it's like, there's a ton of them that they're trying to produce and transmit and so forth. So I don't know if that, uh, was part of the equation as far as just too many at once kind of thing. But that's something, yeah. especially if you're asking people to pay for this particular package, yep. you know, a la the Sunday ticket, you better deliver on your deliverables there, or you're going to have a lot of angry customers. Well, hey, back to that. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Well, there's a lot of talk about Apple TV. You know, could they get into the NFL? Could they get into maybe the Pac-12? You know, could they do another level and – there's a lot of people saying, can you imagine if a Thursday night football game was not broadcast because Amazon couldn't transmit it? Uh, that's a big problem. We also had the thing with Netflix. It wasn't a sporting event, but they tried to do a live TV show on Sunday night, and they could not get it. They could not get it. So that's something that these streaming services, because we're seeing all these contracts. The NBA is going to be a big one to see what happens with that next broadcast deal. Yeah, and certainly – Sunday ticket on YouTube TV is going to be a, a big, big test as far as, you know, whether these streaming products can handle the, these big assignments, basically. Amazon Prime, I think, did do a good job on, on Thursday night, yes. you know, with, with NFL. You didn't hear too many complaints in terms of technical issues and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it seems like they had things buttoned up awfully well. But you're, you're, you're exactly right. It's going to be really interesting, you know, as these deals start to manifest into the actual execution of the games. Uh, Saturday baseball, Jason Benetti, Tom Verducci, uh, 4 o'clock on Fox. That's the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, 16-3 and three at the time of this taping, taking on the White Sox. Mets and Giants, Joe Davis, Eric Karras, Ken Rosenthal. So Joe Davis, uh, the World Series voice. He's got the TV on radio. It's our old buddy Roxy Bernstein who's been on the podcast. You can go back and check out our conversation with Roxy Bernstein with Marley Rivera. That is the Mets and Giants game, and uh, they will also be the Sunday night baseball game uh, on ESPN Radio. That's Roxy Bernstein and Doug Glanville. He's got Marley Rivera Saturday, then Roxy's going to work with Doug Glanville on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to have to check out the Peacock game on Sunday because my Phil's are playing the Rockies. Matt Vaskersian is the play-by-player on Peacock. We don't have the uh, analyst for that uh, yet. And uh, ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, Dave Cohn, Buster Only. I want to ask you, did you see Sunday Night Baseball last week? Was that with the mic'd up catcher? They had the catcher mic'd up last week. And Yeah, how uh, did that Eduardo go? Eduardo Perez is talking Spanish with them. It was pretty funny. And uh, they basically threw two pitches and you heard Carl Ravitz say, hey, if he throws one more pitch, we're going to have to have you back on next inning because the, the inning went by so fast. But what is your take on the in-game interviews that the play-by-players have to try to navigate? Now they're getting paid $10,000 an interview. We just found that out. I don't know uh, your thoughts on that. But uh, you get the guy, hey, Maldonado, you want to do the interview? Here's ten grand." 
Yeah, we talked to Carl Ravitch about this. If you want to go back in the archives and, and dig up our interview with, with Carl Ravitch at the end of last bas- baseball season. And, you know, that Sunday night ESPN game, they they rolled out last year, this these in-game mic'd up interviews as the play's happening. Um, not to mention you see more and more interviews during a game, whether it's a, a given basketball game and it's during a, you know, a, a timeout and the coach has to step over and, and give an interview, these kind of things. I'm a little traditional in this idea, and I personally don't like it. Uh, I would rather, you know, the game be a little more um, uh, sacred than than that, where you could have an interview in the middle of the action. It just seems a little much for me, and it, it to me it takes away from, you know, what they're trying to do from a competitive standpoint. And I don't know if necessarily the the booth really – enjoys it so much you know i, know I if think I was, this is something coming if, from up top where they say hey this yeah. is something cool that we need to innovate and do and it's gonna you know bring more attention and all these things but i don't know if the the traditional announcers you know the guys in the booth really want to deal with this if themselves, i was the play by to. if i was the play-by-player i would went no part of it that's number one number two if i'm gonna have to do it give me a guy who is willing to do it Many times it seems that the guy is stuck doing it, not because he wants to do it. You get a guy who's got a good personality. I don't mind. If he's playing along and he's having a good time, I think Justin Turner was pretty good with the Red Sox. They had him on for a preseason game uh, early. Um, I was watching that. I thought he was playful. He was having a good time. Some of these guys, they seem like they have no interest in, in being a part of the broadcast at all, and it's just like, all right, what do you want to ask me? But I agree with you. I would not want to be the play-by-player having to do that interview. Um, now, I'm the kind of play-by-player who thinks I would like to create – like I, I, like Jim Nance doing the PA for the starting lineups, I would want no part of doing that at all. Like, someone else could be the PA guy. Um, but I would do the play-by-play. I don't want to have to be the guy interviewing. I would do it if, if it was asked of me, but it's not something I think these play-by-players like to do. Yeah, we we talked about the the Jim Nance uh, doing the PA, and and it happens in other major major events where the the TV announcer becomes the PA announcer for the these introductions that go over the air. I don't like that either, and I think it also it takes away that opportunity for that PA announcer who's a professional at his given craft of you know getting the chance to announce one of these premier games. But back to the in game interview of these baseball players. So you know it's it's been a little bit of a, you know, chuckling fun moment at times when, you know, they're interviewing an outfielder and then all of a sudden he's got to say, Oh, got to go to work. And he, and he starts sprinting into center field to, to track down a fly ball. What's going to happen, Mike, if they're mic'd up like that and they're doing an interview and he all of a sudden has to go and catch a fly ball and he drops it mm. or he doesn't get to it or something. E eight and E booth. You know, as far as the official scoring decision, can you imagine the the backlash if anything like that goes down where it actually affects the play and they, they, there's a an error on the field or something like that because he's distracted talking to the, the booth during an in-game interview? Yeah, that- you know, that's the part of it that doesn't make sense to me because it takes away from what these athletes are trying to do on the field. Yeah, I, that, that will be – the first time that happens, you will probably get the uproar. So we'll see. I don't mind it so much, but I would 
like to see them get someone who, like the Maldonado one, the catcher, that's a great perspective. Uh, like I said, Turner was one that comes to mind. Some of these guys, they have fun with it. Um, they're much more engaging. Some of these guys sound like they want no business doing it, and it doesn't really add much to the broadcast. Now, you know, there's a lot of these things. Do you like the sideline coach in the middle of the NBA third quarter? You know, the game's going on behind him and the coach is being interviewed. Well, you know the thing's taped. He's not giving you anything. I don't – you know, it, it just it seems like yeah, it's Yeah, some of this stuff is really forced, it feels like. And, and you know, the, the coaches – you know, don't want to do it. They're, they're, they've got a chip on their shoulder about it. It doesn't really add that much. You know, right. it's I not would, adding. That's know, the I, thing. If it was adding to the broadcast, like, yeah, these are great. I love it when they do it. But everybody's like, eh, you're not giving me anything. And then you're, you know, you're taking away from the broadcast. Yeah. You know, like a, a football coach going into the locker room at halftime, I'm, I'm cool with. I think that, you know, you can actually get, you know, some perspective there, you know, as far as, you know, the adjustments that might need to be made, you know, heading into the, the halftime locker room. But during these timeouts, when the coach actually wants to be in the huddle, you know, uh, drawing up a play or something like that, and he has to be pulled away to do a in-game interview again, like, I don't think these are the ideas necessarily of, you know, the on the ground announcers and producers and people like that. I, I do really think that this comes from like a higher, um, you know, decision making spot where they say, hey, when we draw up this contract with the, you know, the partner, we're going to build in this stuff because we want this extra access and all these things. But I don't know if it helps in the relationships between the the the, the network entities and the teams and things like that. You know, it, it, a lot of it is just, you know, over-engineered, you know, uh, to the point that, you know, they're doing it, it seems like, for the sake of doing it. We saw it during the NCAA tournament as well, you know, with the, these college basketball coaches having to do interviews in the in the middle of the game and, and so forth. And you could see behind them, you know, the, 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 the assistant coaches, you know, coaching up the players in that kind of thing during, during the, the timeout break. So, you know, I don't know if, it, you know, now that the you know, cats out of the bag if, if, if we'll ever, you know, necessarily reel this stuff in, but it might take some of these, you know, sort of like um, conflicts or, or things like that, where, you know, there might be some, some backlash and, you know, we, we do reel it in, but I find so much of it unnecessary, Mike. Uh, you mentioned college basketball. How about a happy birthday for a college basketball broadcasting legend? Happy 80th birthday to Bill Raftery. Born back on April 19th, 1943, up in uh, your home state, Mike, Orange, New Jersey native. That's where he was born. And, you know, Raftery, another one of these examples of guys, you know, still getting it done, you know, um, despite uh, now hitting the 80th uh, mark of his amazing life. And, you know, just one of the great personalities of uh, sports television and for me, you know, one, one of my all-time favorite analysts, there, there's no doubt about that across all the sports. And he's had just so many great moments and, and so many great catchphrases as well to go along with just his, you know, solid analysis on, on any given game. Well, happy 80th to Bill. And uh, if he gets to Hubie Brown and Bob Euchre, that means we get at least nine more years of Bill Rafferty on the NCAA tournament. And I'll take that. How about you? Yeah, how about that? Hubie Brown, 89, going on 90, doing these NBA playoff games as we're, we're taping this week. And Bob Euchre, who we talked about on a couple of shows ago, still going strong as the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers at age 89, going on 90. These guys are sort of rewriting, you know, what the ideas are of how 
you know, um, long a career can be for, for announcers. And, you know, people talk about, you know, the, the brevity and the, the short window of time for athletes careers, you know, on the professional level, it's the opposite when it comes to these announcers, you know, if you're able to continue, um, you know, to, to get it done, like these guys, I mean, 89 years old, Hubie Brown and Bob Euchre and Bill Rafter, he seems young, you know, compared to them at 80. All right, uh, episode 45 coming to a close of the Announcer Schedules podcast. And uh, we appreciate everybody for listening, supporting the show. Like, rate, review, subscribe, listen in. Each and every Thursday we drop on Last Word on Sports. You've got uh, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know with George Offman. You've got Last Word on Sports Media with TJ Reeves. Check them out on this very podcast feed. And, of course, we drop on Thursdays. Uh, We've got... uh, a whole bunch of sports intersecting right now, so we'll keep you up to date on who is announcing what and where. Always check the archives. If you missed last week, we had Sean McDonough, Mike Monaco, and some other great ones. We're going to have the Kentucky Derby coming up here soon, uh, and you can go back and listen uh, uh, to our great conversation. You know, last year we had uh, uh, Larry on Larry Colmas, the uh, play-by-player for the Derby, the Triple Crown. We had him right on after the Derby. So go back and listen to uh, that if you want to get ready uh, for the Derby that's going to be coming up here soon. So we've got a lot of jewel events coming up this spring uh, here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. So for Phil, I'm Mike. This has been Episode 45 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.